0: Welcome to the Jack and John podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm John.
1: And we're on a mission.
0: To help you and us <laughs> focus on Christ. Um, we love you guys. Thank you for joining us. Uh, you know, we've been walking through the, the book of Mark. And, you know, it's, it's just the Walking,
1: bliss. skipping, running. right? Right. Yeah, it's,
0: it's kind of like a sprint in a sense because yeah, sure. it's such a, a short, compact book. And how in the world do you get the ministry of Jesus Crunched into sixteen little chapters, um, it's it's amazing. Well, just to give you a little uh, background for where we begin today, you know, Jesus and his disciples have been going through this pattern of just exhausting themselves, dealing with people, uh, and then trying to escape right. for some quiet time, some alone some time, time with eat. God. Right, and and things just keep getting in the way of that. Um, And Jesus keeps moving around in in part because he wants to minister in a lot of places and also because he doesn't want to be trapped by the Pharisees and um, the Romans uh, because it's not his time yet. Okay. So anyway, we're in Mark chapter 7. And I'm just going to read a little bit. We're reading today from the the NLT, and this is a nifty version. Um, Mike gave me this. It's got a little symbol at the top, uh, and uh, it goes with this app called Filament. You can uh, take take a picture of that little thing with the Filament app, and it will bring you right to the Bible study in the app, and uh, what a nifty little thing.
1: And NLT is New Living Translation, so it's a translation... Unlike the Living Bible, when I was young, that came out, which was a paraphrase. Sure, But this is a translation, and the study that goes along with it is just really phenomenal.
0: Yeah, and it's written more like a a narrative that's easier to read. So, All right, well, here we are. Mark chapter 7. I'm just going to read on a little bit, and then we're going to jump into it. Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre. He didn't want anyone to know which house he was staying in, but he couldn't keep it a secret. Right away, a woman who had heard about him came and fell at his feet. Her little girl was possessed by an evil spirit, and she begged him to cast out the demon from her daughter. Since he, since she was a Gentile born in Syrian Phoenicia, Jesus told her, "'First I should feed the children, my own family, the Jews.' It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied, That's true, Lord, but even the dogs under the table are allowed to eat the scraps from the children's plates. Good answer, he said. Now go home, for the demon has left her daughter. And when she arrived home, she found her little girl lying quietly in bed, and the demon was gone.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, I think, an amazing Individual story that shows you the love that Jesus had for everyone. Because this is a Gentile; she's a Syrophoenician, and uh, so the the fact remains that Jesus does come first for the Jew, the people of God, but uh, that He is going to bring the gospel to the Gentile to all other peoples. So uh, I think that's kind of a sign. It's a sign that uh, this is coming; that we are going to get, you know, some of the portion of kingdom
0: from Christ. We've talked about this, you know, before when we had Mark Frisbee on here from uh, Prison Fellowship, he brought up this verse and we're talking about it. And uh, I think Jesus does this for a lot of reasons. And I don't think he does it to snub the woman.
1: Right. It goes outside of his character.
0: Yeah. I don't think. think he's doing it for that. You also have to consider the other people in the room. Right. And you got to consider the fact that, okay, you're a Jewish family. You've you've got this rabbi in your home teaching, which probably was a special thing, you know. Um, And here's this Gentile that just comes into your house. You know, it doesn't say she knocked and the woman of the house said, Oh, hey, great to see you. Come on in. No, it says she came in and fell at his feet.
1: You get some boldness when your little girl is uh, that sick and has that kind of a problem, don't you?
0: I think part of what he's saying to her, though, in my mind, is this gospel, this good news, this bread of life that I bring, it's for everyone. It's
1: for everyone. It's for everyone. Exactly.
0: You know, and he, he, he said it in such a way that it would, I think, it had to make if i'm in that house i'm trying to picture myself being one of the other guests in that house you know my thought is i'm associating this woman with a dog mm-hmm. because that that's basically what what the mm-hmm. jews would have done you know the pharisees they talk about how the way they would pray you know sometimes a pharisee would say thank you that i'm not like this this tax collector or this sinner or that i'm a woman or a dog they had like this this hierarchy that they that they used jesus is tearing that down right here
1: there are so many people i believe in in our culture in this day and age that feel poorly about themselves feel unworthy and there are reasons for that i think uh, one of the main reasons is how people treat others how um moms and dads aren't fulfilling their role as a Christian mom and dad and uh, being there for their kids. And sometimes they take out their uh, insecurities or their difficulties about themselves on their kids. And the kids uh, have, have certain needs that, that we owe them. Uh, we owe our children uh, to teach them about Jesus. Uh, we owe our children to keep them safe. Uh, we owe our children uh, to discipline them. And I think that's not happening a lot in Mm -hmm. our culture, and it's bringing a lot of broken, a generation of broken kids who don't feel good about themselves, who don't feel that they're accepted. And um, I think it's interesting that this woman comes, and uh, it seems as if Jesus isn't accepting her, but it's not the case at all, I don't believe. I believe that there's another point, as you said to other people in the room, to her, it is her faith in coming to him and being bold uh, that uh, brings the healing to her daughter. And I think that anyone in our culture today that will honestly come in faith to Jesus will find answers. And I think that those of us who are um, believers and who are in the church, uh, need to be compassionate for those people, those broken people in our culture and not turn them away, but have the same compassion of Jesus to to invite them in.
0: I think one of the most difficult things, too, is um, from an external standpoint, um, it's, it's easy to look on people that we think of as broken. Mm. You know, and you see the mugshot, uh, you know, of a meth addict or Sure. something like that, or um, I, I follow a couple of different uh, groups about addiction and that sort of thing, and you see these before and after pictures, and and it's easy to look at that before picture and see the broken person. It's hard um, for people who don't think they're broken to realize oh, they're I, broken.
1: Absolutely. I think the, the beginning of uh, wisdom is to fear God. Right. That's the beginning of wisdom to understand who he is and to come to him, uh, you know, not demanding, right. But to come to him,
0: you know, we're all broken in our own ways. And I'll tell you, one of the things that, um, kind of struck me this past weekend, we had a family reunion and, um, Yeah, I I usually consider myself a a pretty nice guy and patient. And I mean, I listen to patients all day and I help them with with uh, not just their medical issues, but I I try to offer empathy. But man, we go out to the restaurant. okay? And you just get this lax. I don't care. I'm just here kind of server oh, and, and it's like, where did my empathy go? (laughs) You know? Uh, and it's not like I'm mean, but it's just, I'm kind of terse and short and my face doesn't show any kind of joy or respect. And, um, you know, I have to thank my wife and daughter for pointing that kind of thing out. Um, but I mean that's a part of me and then there's a there's more I'm no but that that's a part of me that's that's just broken. I don't like it. I I, I I've always said this, you know, when we get to heaven I'm not as much concerned about streets of gold and mansion and that kind of stuff. I I, I just want a better way of thinking. I, I want to be able to think like Jesus. I want to be able to look at things like Jesus. And you know, along those lines there was a thing that has struck me a lot in the last couple weeks and and that is, um, wouldn't it be nice if we just lived in a world where you could trust everyone?
1: Huh. We will one day, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, I,
0: I believe that. I believe we will not not uh, not until Jesus <laughs> has come and made all things new. But, uh, but yeah, I think then we I will. think
1: um, a part of our character, we should uh, probably first and foremost think if someone is terse and down and negative there's probably something that they dealt with probably you know maybe maybe like there not was not getting
0: my food well you know time maybe
1: or. there was a customer that was very very difficult <laughs> oh. or maybe there's a server someone she works with i mean there's untold amounts of sure. of a pressure on on us every day at home and and everywhere else and to be up and on all the time is right. probably not feasible thing. Right. Uh, so take that as a challenge to bring a little joy uh, into that person's life instead of uh, you know being affected by them, uh, striving to let Christ in us affect the situation, bring the light into the situation.
0: I, I've got to give some props to Jack here and, uh, and also to our mutual friend, J.D., because those two guys... I've never gone to a restaurant with you or J.D. when you didn't have a positive interaction with a server. <laughs> you know, I mean, and it I, I figured, I pictured Jesus being more like that. You know, he, he wouldn't go into a restaurant and be like me. He'd go into a restaurant and uh, <laughs> just you know, look into their soul and and treat them with love and respect. And anyhow, so beautiful story. And best of all, the little girl is free from that demon. Amen. Let's move on, Jack. Sure. So Mark 7, verse 31, Jesus left Tyre. And went up to Sidon before going back to the Sea of Galilee and the region of the ten towns, the, De- the Decapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, a deaf man with a speech impediment was brought to him, and the people begged Jesus to lay his hands on the man to heal him. Jesus led him away from the crowd so they could be alone. He put his fingers into the man's ears. <laughs> Uh then spitting on his own fingers, he touched the man's tongue. And just chuckling at that sight, you know. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, I I know you're my doctor. Don't do Don't that. Do that. <laughs> it's like,
0: yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness it was deafness and not a hemorrhoid, right? Um sorry. Um
1: that's the doctor's call. Sorry.
0: <laughs> Looking up to heaven, he sighed and said, <laughs>
1: He sighed. That's an interesting because yeah. even the ESV says the same word. As, if faftha.
0: I don't know. That's probably not how you he say sighed. it. Anyway, he said a word I can't say, uh, which means be opened. <laughs> Instantly, the man could hear perfectly and his tongue was freed so he could speak plainly. We need that for a lot of people. <laughs> no, too many people can't speak plainly. Jesus told the crowd not to tell anyone. But the more he told them not to, the more they spread the news. They were completely amazed and said again and again, everything he does is wonderful. He even makes the deaf to hear and gives speech to those who cannot speak.
1: You know, one of the things you have to understand here, I think, is that this deaf mute wasn't deaf from birth. There's no possible way. Because had he been deaf from birth, he wouldn't have speech and so he knew how to speak he had heard before and i think later on in the same chapter blind bartimaeus was blind later in life he wasn't born blind mm-hmm. sometimes the bible says and he was born blind which that, that's a whole different scenario but this guy had a speech impediment and he couldn't he couldn't hear anymore and uh, he's an interesting kind of case and the thing i think that's going on is jesus is is precursing the question and the problem of the Pharisees and the people of this generation that are going to demand a sign from him. Uh, Give us a sign. And that we're going to get that right after the the feeding of the 5,000. And so what Jesus is doing is he's giving us these signs. Even the feeding, I think, of the 4,000 is a sign. I said five, sorry. And uh, so he's touching this man, showing this man what he's going to do. In other words, what he doesn't, man can't hear, can't speak. So he does what are you doing? So I am going to touch your tongue. I'm going to touch your ears and going to, you know, this is what's going to happen and give me credit. And Jesus trying to make people calm down just a little bit so they don't usher in his crucifixion like the next week, you know, is trying to right. kind of calm down the excitement of all these people. But how can you be quiet when he just... Miraculously healed you of such a horrible situation in life. It's very, very difficult. I'm sure it's very, very difficult. So,
0: I, I like what you said about um, you know him showing what he's going to do mm-hmm. because I picture it not so much being um, the, the Pharisees because they don't really open their eyes or their ears or learn to, to speak the truth. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the disciples, I mean, they're the ones who are really struggling with this stuff, as we'll see even in the next chapter. Um,
1: Spiritually, I think, I'm sorry, but this is their situation. It is. When you think about it, and we're laughing like when, you know, the same thing happens in the next storm and the next storm, they still aren't growing in their faith like we we think they should. Right. Uh, Maybe they should. Um, What's going on is they're kind of spiritually like this deaf mute guy in their understanding of Christ. They're more like blind Bartimaeus that we'll see in just a moment and his situation. So we'll talk that through. But um, yeah, I think that's exactly what's going on. You know, if they would just see the spiritual lesson behind the physical healing of the deaf mute, they would see that spiritually you're just like this guy. You can't, you're not hearing, you're not speaking clearly because you haven't really got the faith in me yet to do it.
0: I hear so many times uh, people that are skeptical about the scripture. Mm -hmm. Um, And I honestly, one of the things that's kind of humorous to me about that is I I really feel like it's written for skeptics. Mm -hmm. Because even his own disciples that are with him 24-7 are unbelieving Mm -hmm. to the very last. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like they don't really get it until Honestly, until the ascension and then the gift of the Holy Spirit, because what do they do every time? It's like, well, they either go into hiding or they go back to fishing or they're not they're not getting it.
1: Or they say one thing and coming up in Peter and, and then the next breath, they're saying just the antithesis of what they just said. Right. So, you know. They're getting some snippets of it, but then depending on the circumstance and situation, you kind of get how they really feel and you simply continue to see their slowness in coming to full faith in in Jesus, a Messiah who's going to be crucified. Right. So
0: Um, I was listening to uh, talk about Charles Spurgeon, you know, Charles Spurgeon's a famous preacher from about 200 years ago, and, and uh, I still read quotes from him every day because I follow a site that you know, does his work. And, um, so here's a guy who, in his time period, and, and even today, is still a very well-known and respected um, preacher. But it's said that when he was going up to the pulpit, he had a special pulpit because they didn't have uh, microphones. And so the reason they had like a raised pulpit and his had some kind of thing around it that would help amplify the sound of his voice so he could be better heard. And and so it wasn't to like set the guy apart, put you on a pedestal. It was It was all about... Being, being heard. Being right. heard, yeah. So, but it's said that as he would walk up to that pulpit, he would say over and over to himself, I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, because he did not want it to be him just up there spouting the words. He wanted the Holy Spirit to speak to him, in him, and through him. Uh, And I think that's the biggest difference for these disciples is they did not yet have the indwelling Holy Spirit. They had the presence of Jesus there with them, but not in them.
1: I'm going to say something a little preacher like here. Yeah, I think that sometimes as we look at people today who do have the offer of the indwelling Holy Spirit live like they don't. And uh, I don't know which is worse. I mean, it's almost like make these people happy, get the Holy Spirit out of them so they can live their life the way they want to live it, which is religiosity and just, you know, doing the rules rather than really having a vibrant personal relationship with Christ and the power of the Spirit to be a witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ and starting to be a disciple. And um, I don't know, it's just difficult when... Uh, We're supposed to be a disciple. We talk about it. We lay out programming for it, but uh, we don't disciple. And uh, it's pretty, that's a challenging thing for me. I think as well as for the church today, are you making disciples? Just a a question. The spirit dwells in you. Do you want him in there? And do you want him speaking to you and leading you and directing you to live a spirit-filled life? And to live life as Christ? Sometimes I wonder.
0: I I wrote a song. um, (laughs) It's a rap.
1: (laughs) I like when you rap,
0: John. I I wrote a song that is written, written from a skeptic's perspective okay you can look you can look it up on uh, apple music or um, spotify just look up john matthew walker and the name of the song is something that's real right something that's real Um, but it's written from that uh, skeptic's perspective because they're seeing that christian that you're talking about Hmm. and that's part of what gets in the way of seeing Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes the worst stumbling block. Is, are uh, the people who call themselves yeah. Christian. And I don't want to be that stumbling block. And uh, I, you know, I repent for all the times that I am. Um, you know. I'm picturing what my face looked like. Um, when I had this. Poor pathetic server. And. You know, I hate to beat that story to death. But, but you know. I'm walking out of the, the restaurant. And. It's like it hits me and I'm thinking what my face must have looked like to her. And what a stumbling block that would be. I mean, what if she's turning this on and watching Jack and John podcast? We're going to help you folks on Christ. You know, is she going to buy that? Is she going to believe that? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, if you are watching, I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) I'm just a terrible customer. I'm going to pray for John immediately after our podcast. Thank you. So... hmm. All John, right. I think you're being a little bit too hard Am on yourself. I being too hard yes, on myself? Yes, I really, really do. No. I think you do. I think we're all human, and uh, we all have difficult days, and you probably more than all of us, the the things you face and the things you do. So give yourself a little bit of a break and try to do better, certainly. Not trying to take that off of you, but uh, I, think, well, I, I, think you're, I think you're doing great. <laughs> Amazing man.
0: So, well, Jack... Do you have anything else to say about this passage? Because so I think we should save the rest for, for
1: Yeah, next I time. think that there's a lot in the next next story, so maybe we yeah. should save it.
0: Okay. Hey, guys, reach out to us at uh, connect at Um On the YouTube video, the phone number is up there, and uh, I'm probably going to take that down because no one ever calls. <laughs> Which is okay. Um, I, I take that back. We get some spam calls. We do. Um, so, but, but reach out to us with the email. Uh, connect at jackandjohnpodcast.com. We need to hear from you. Um, we love you guys. We want to know, uh, you know what you think. Um, and uh, maybe even what you'd like to hear. So, um, we'll see you next time.